You're listening to Acts of Impact, the show where we interview those who are making a positive difference in the world around us. I'm your host, Nicholas Hill, and today's guest is Nikki Okels. Nikki is an industrial design student of the Eindhoven University of Technology and member of the TU Ecomotive student team, which has just created Zim, a new car that cleans the air while driving. We'll talk about why this technology is an important step for our environment, the filter they've created to remove carbon from the air, and the challenges they faced in creating this exciting new car. Let's get started. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, it's so fun having you here. This is such exciting news. And I know for starters that Zim is not the first car that your team has made. Could you maybe tell us just a little bit about TU Ecomotive, kind of the history and what the goals have been of the team in, in creating these cars? Of course, yes. Uh, TU Ecomotive is one of 54 or 53 student teams from the Eindhoven University of Technology. And we're the team that has created seven cars in 10 years. So Zem is our seventh car already. And first we started off with the Shell Eco Marathon, which is a race where you have to make the most efficient car so you can travel the most distance on one liter of biofuel. Uh, after our third car, we didn't think that was the most interesting thing. And we decided to make more concept cars. And now we are creating concept cars um, the way we like it. And we, this year we presented Zem. What are some of the other cars that you've done? Or have has there been one every year? Or what's been kind of the history of that? Yeah, in the beginnings, it was every year. So we had to join the, the Shell Eco Marathon. And afterwards, I think we did one every year and a half. Um, we did Luca. Luca is a car that's fully made out of waste. And all the body panels are made from ABS. And that's recycled plastics that can be recycled again. And the car before was Noam, that's our fifth car. And that's made from um, recycled materials as well. And the entire life cycle is taken into account. So every year the team exists of around 20 to 35 people. And these people build a car within a year or a year and a half. That is so cool. So it sounds like the theme of the cars are... Uh, it, it, more environmentally friendly. You said that the Luca was made entirely out of waste. So is is the goal pretty much the same every year or does the goalpost change? Is it all about kind of helping the environment or are there specific targets you're trying to hit? Yes, I think it's uh, we're all going for the same vision. So our slogan is shaping the future sustainable mobility together. And I think every year we aim to reach this goal. Uh, but in a different way. So this year we saw, we really focused on the CO2 emissions. We know there's 1,300 tons of CO2 emitted every second, and we know that is way too much. So we wanted to solve this problem, and we think uh, that we have achieved it in quite some time already, because uh, we only took, I think, seven months to build this car. That's an incredibly fast turnaround time. I don't, I've, I've seen a lot of projects that last seven months having a car at the end of it is is pretty cool. Do you remember what the specific, 
was there like a specific challenge for Zim? You said it was about reducing CO2 emissions? Yes, that was our main focus. And we wanted to make the entire life cycle also more sustainable. So we're not only focusing on CO2 emissions while driving, for example, but we're also looking at CO2 emissions while in the process of building the car. So this year we chose to 3D print our car because we can 3D print with uh, recycled materials and we can 3D print with the power of solar panels. And in this way, we can make this process so much more sustainable and way less CO2 will be emitted. Did you say you can 3D print with the power of solar panels? Yes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. It will just be powered on the solar panels laying on the roof of the company that is printing our our monocoque in this case. So does that mean that the entire car, or not the entire car, but does that mean that like pieces of the car are built from the 3D printer? You're like printing them out. 80% of them is 3D printed. That's really cool. Yes, that's some uh, that's some facts, yes. So in terms of making Zim uh, closer to a more kind of carbon-friendly car, not only is the creation of the car and the process more carbon neutral, but then also the car itself has some really cool abilities to remove carbon from the air and I'm wondering if we can maybe talk about that really quick. So Zim has this really unique ability to remove carbon from the air while it's driving. How does it accomplish that just at maybe a high level? Yes. So um, we have a filter built into a car. And if air flows through that filter, uh, if, you can see, if you see pictures of our car, you can see a grill on the front. It's a very big grill. And behind the grill, behind the wheel, behind the headlights, <laughs> there's a filter um, that removes CO2 out of the air while driving. So it really captures the carbon and it will let the clean air go through the filter. How well does it do that? If, if Zim is driving around, is it, is it capturing like a lot of carbon? Maybe help me kind of put that in perspective. How would it compare to like a, a tree? Right. I know that trees remove carbon from the air. Do you have any comparisons? Yes, we do. It is, I think, one tenth of what a, a tree can do in a year. But that's because we're in the concept phase and we really have to develop this filter more. And that will be done also. There's a spin-off coming from our, from our student team that will focus more on making this CO2 filter more efficient. Uh, so currently it will only, only do one tenth of what a tree can do in a year. But that's also one gram per 10 kilometers. So that's quite something. Yeah, that's really cool. So if we have, I mean, I'm trying to think like how many cars are even on the road. If we have billions of cars driving billions of miles, then you start to see those numbers kind of add up, right? Yes. And I think that's also part of our vision because of course we cannot reverse climate change on our own. We have to do it with each other. And if I drive a car that cleans CO2 out of the air while driving, and you do as well, then we do it together and we'll eventually make a bigger impact together. I think that's one of the strong points of TUI Commotive. We don't focus on doing this alone. We really want to implement this filter to as many cars and other vehicles as possible. We're looking at trains, we're looking at airplanes, but we still have to look at what the possibilities are because it will add some drag to the car, it will add some resistance, uh, some air resistance, because it has to flow through a filter. But we're still looking at the possibilities, because we know when we do this together with every movement that is already there on the planet, that we 
are able to remove pretty much carbon out of the air. I actually wanted to talk about something that you just said, which is what is the effect on a car that has this filter? So you said it adds a little bit of drag to it. So I would guess that maybe the gas mileage is like reduced a little bit or are there other kind of negative effects that you've seen with having the filter on? Yeah, it's an electric car, so it will just drive a little less distance, but this is minimal. It will be like a mile less on the entire uh, ability of the batteries. Yeah, so just a completely negligible amount. Exactly. I wonder if I'm if I'm driving a gas-powered vehicle, which is not as carbon-friendly, of course, could this filter be applied to a gas-powered vehicle to at least offset some of the carbon that it's creating? Yes, it could, for sure. Also, we're thinking because the big trucks, of course, emit a lot of carbon, and we're thinking about implementing it on them. Or the car, if your car drives behind a huge truck that emits so much CO2, why wouldn't you take that opportunity to catch the carbon directly out of that truck? If you drive behind that truck, then you'll directly capture that that carbon. That's kind of you're like you're like following a truck cleaning up after it kind of. That's that's funny. Let me ask you. So so let's talk a little bit about the creation of Zim. So you did this in 7 months and as part of the creation of it, you're 3D printing materials. You're having to go from design to execution. Can you tell me what were some of the challenges that the team faced? Were there any major roadblocks or parts of the project where you said, wow, this is freaking difficult and I don't know what to do next? Or like, what, what were some of the friction points there? I think um, the main one for me, which I encountered, uh, was that talking with the RDW, that is the company that has to like let your car go on the road. Uh, and because we're so innovative and we have 3D printed 80% of our car, they don't really like the fact that we've 3D printed 80% of our car. They don't want it to be on the road because they cannot test it for safety yet. That's because we want this car to be finished in seven months. We started off in September. I, that's not seven months until July. But we only really started building since I think, I think what, March, April? So somewhere between there, there we also encountered a problem that the 3D printer couldn't exactly do what we wanted. We wanted to print the monocoque in one piece. And we had to eventually print it in four pieces, so like a as I like to call it, and we had to plastic weld it together. So because we're so innovative, there are some problems that we encountered during the process that are just there because we don't follow the normal rules or we don't follow the path that is normally followed while building a car. So you would not recommend someone listening try to 3D print their own car is what I'm hearing. That's probably a pretty difficult task. It is difficult if you want your car to be on the road, but I think um, <laughs> next year we have a new team that will be building a car as well. And I think they will be implementing some technologies that we've implemented this year as well. So let's say for the 3D printing, they can 3D print parts of their car as well. Let's say the body panels and they can use this technology again, but already talk to the RDW earlier or go to Germany where it's a little easier for us to get approved to go on the road. So there are many things that we can circle around so we can eventually go on the road because we have made road legal cars before. Yeah. 
And speaking of going on the road, I know that your team has been on the road for the past couple of weeks, just kind of showing this to people. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What are some of the cool kind of stops that you've made along the way? Yes, uh, we're currently, so in the USA, I think I'm in Cornell right now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's so pretty here. Uh, it's my first time in the USA. Um, yeah, we're touring around with our student team. We're with 13 students split up in two groups currently. One is in Washington right now, and we are with nine people in Carmel. And yesterday, for example, we went to Fresno to visit the university. And there were all these uh, high school kids that went to that university to use their free Saturday as a day where they could talk to us, for example, and follow other workshops in the area of sustainability. And that's what we also want to do with TU Ecomotive. We want to inspire the next generation and we want to see who they, yeah, who they are. And that's so cool. And um, then we also met the Queen of the Netherlands. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we did on the, the 7th. So I think that was Wednesday. Uh, we got the chance to meet the Queen of the Netherlands uh, at Stanford University. She was on a trade mission and we could be part of the trade mission as presenting our car there. That's so cool. Have you have you had the chance to drive Zim? No, I haven't. Unfortunately. I wonder. I'm like, is it like a is it like a golf cart? Is it like a, is it, I think it'd be really interesting to drive it. Yes, it has been driven around because um, like when we, when we had our final presentation, it was on the 22nd of July and it was driving in the night of the 21st and the 22nd. So they made it drivable the night of the presentation. And I was building up the entire presentation and I didn't have the time to check out what they were driving. But then I saw the car driving towards the podium where it should be on. And I was like so happy because it was finally driving. I was about to say, that's like fixing software, like right up before it ships. You're like, okay, we got to get this thing driving. It's going on the show. Yes. So you said there might be a new team working on a, a new car next year. Is that right? Yes, there are all the... There already is a new team and uh, they're thinking of their concept right now. I imagine it would be kind of along the same lines. I, I guess my question is, what's what do you think is next for Zim? What is the next step for kind of bringing this technology forward and continuing down this path? Yes, I think for the next team, one of their first things they should do is talk to RDW because they are the one making the rules for having our road league car. And if we are working together with them closely, we can ask for every aspect of the car if this can go on the road. Uh, especially with the 3D printing of the car, if we are implementing that again, if they are implementing that again, they should talk to the RDW to see what they think and what can happen with the 3D printing. Because also, because we're making a concept car, we're only making one. And that's also the problem with them. We don't want to crash test our car. It's only one. We have made simulations and it went out. It turned out perfectly, but we don't want to drive them into a wall. Uh, and I think that's something we'll still encounter all the time. But we have made road legal cars before. Uh, they have a number plate. They can go on the road. But the RDW will play a big role in making a road legal car. And then um, for the new technologies like the 3D printing, we had to do it in four times now for the monocoque. But uh, for example, the body panels were printed in one time, and that went amazing. One of the companies, Seed in Delft, helped, helped us with it enormously. They were amazing. And uh, I think just for the 3D printing big parts, we'll just have to look into it further with engineers. It is very much doable, and it's very fun to work on. 
but it will j- just take time because we're one of the first doing it. And that's something we not, don't always have the time because we are building a car in a year. But that's one of the things we have to work on because uh, we can choose our own time frame of the project, but we just wanted to push the industry and ourselves because we have the the vision that if 35 students can do it in a year, why isn't a big company doing it with like f- many more engineers? I, I'm just curious from a personal level, how was it for you kind of working on this project and getting to be a part of this? It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> I uh, joined in December last year and I didn't know what was happening. I just didn't want to graduate when I was 20. So I was looking for something else. Uh, and I said in the beginning, I, I'm an engineer, an uh, industrial design student. Uh, but this time I was not really into the design of the car. I'm the external relations manager, which means I do talk to press. I host the social media. I host the website. I love to write blog posts on the website uh, and be in contact with other external uh, parties. And I also do the education with that. So going to schools and stuff is what I I love to do. Um, and the project was crazy. In December, I was starting off pretty easily and I was getting to know the partners and everyone. And um, then everything started in I think it was March when we, our monocoque was delayed because of we are so on top of the industry um, that it, we had to try everything out and we had to print our monocoque, I think, three or four times. Uh, so it had a delay of a month, a month and a half. So we only could start building at the end of March of May or May. So it was a very short period of time and I saw everyone stressed out and I was there behind my laptop getting everything working fixing the end event so we would also have the press coming to our event because i know how hard these engineers have worked and i want them to get like something back for it so that's also why we're now in the usa presenting this car because i am very proud of these engineers and they should be as well but we also want to show to the outside world how amazing this car is and i think uh, we've achieved it Outstanding. I I think it has been so cool to see and just kind of reading some of the articles and the press that have come out around Zim has been really incredible. Um, is there anything that that you would want to to tell someone that's interested in sustainability or, or helping with this? Yes, I think one of the first things that I would like to say is that we're not doing it alone. We know as a student team that we're not doing it alone, going to innovation. Uh, also, because we're in the Brainport Eindhoven area, we have a lot of companies that are interested to work together with us to create a more sustainable future. And I think that's also what I want to tell other people. You cannot change the world on your own. We have to work together with each other. And there are many other people that are very interested in sustainability. So look for each other, find each other, Maybe do something innovative, like building a car. But you don't have to build a car to make an impact. And I think uh, that's um, the message, yes. I love that. And, you know, we've heard that message so many times on this show about the power of a few people having a great idea and working together to make it happen. Nikki, I want to just say thank you for your time today and for volunteering to talk with us. I know that you are busy, busy, busy right now. And so we certainly appreciate you spending uh, this time. And also just thank you to the TU Ecomotive team for the hard work and the impact that you're making. 
And um, I am excited to continue to see the the progress that is made with Zim and, and these other cars. So thank you for coming on, Nikki. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was an honor. Thank you. Today's show was directed and produced by me, with music from Alex Grohl. Special thanks to our guests for their time and insight. If you liked today's episode, please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and consider leaving a review, as it will help us to spread the word about the show. You can view more information about today's episode online at actsofimpact.com. Thank you for listening.